Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we are diving into the USMNT's latest roster. They have a couple of big games coming up against not a big opponent, but a historical one with big context surrounding these games. They've got two games coming up against Trinidad and Tobago later on this month. If the U.S. win this two-legged affair, they are in to next summer's Copa America So, this is major. There's a big prize at the end of the tunnel. Who's in the squad and who missed out? We'll talk about all that on this episode of the Backyield Show, and we'll do it in just 10 minutes or less. Because here at Backyield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk about the roster. folks, right off the bat, let's talk about some of the omissions, because there are several players that you usually expect to scan through the U.S. roster and see, sort of imagining them in highlighter or in pen in your mind, that are not in this squad. Tyler Adams is one of them. He remains sidelined after picking up an injury, had to have hamstring surgery recently for Bournemouth. He's not involved and likely won't be for a little while yet. Tim Weah picked up a leg injury last month for Juventus over in Serie A. And then Christian Pulisic, this is the most recent one. Christian Pulisic had a little bit of a hamstring injury. He had to come off against PSG late in the game in the Champions League earlier on this week. It doesn't sound like it's a severe injury at all, but just not quite close enough to have him come back and for it to make sense for him to fly back across the Atlantic to Austin to play this game, to go to Trinidad and Tobago, and then go back. It's a lot of travel for a player who's not likely at 100%. So none of those players are around, and you'll notice that two of those players are the U.S.'s starting wingers, which puts a lot of stress on that position group in a game where the U.S. is going to have to be expected a pair of games where the U.S. is going to have to be expected to break a team down. Trinidad and Tobago won't be super expansive. They don't have the talent advantage. They'll sit deeper. The U.S. will have to find chances, and Gio Reyna is going to have to do a lot of work. We'll come on to the midfield group in a bit. Florin Balogun is back in the squad. He's going to have to do a lot of work on the ball and combining and drifting out wide, and we saw him do lots of good things along those lines last month. But those are some of the issues for the United States. We've set out the context for these games. The first one will be against Trinidad and Tobago a week from today, as I'm recording on Thursday, November 9th. And then the second game will be on Monday, November 20th for the United States. The first one in Austin, the second one in Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, let's run through the rest of the squad position group by position group. Three goalkeepers, Ethan Horvath, Gaga Slanina, and Matt Turner. Matt Turner will start these games. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. He, though, has not been starting for Nottingham Forest as of recent days. He's been relegated to the bench for his club team over in the Premier League. We'll see if that changes and maybe he'll get back into form a bit on the national team side. It's not a big concern from the U.S. It's obviously not ideal, but not a massive issue. Turner wasn't starting for Arsenal last year leading into the World Cup, and he was still massive for the U.S. in route to qualifying and then solid at that tournament as well over in Qatar. Matt Turner expected to start in these games. Looking at the defense, there are eight defenders listed in the squad. Four are center backs, four are fullbacks. Looking at the center backs first, you're looking at Chris Richards, you're looking at Tim Ream, you're looking at Miles Robinson and Cameron Carter Vickers. Really, you can kind of pick any two of those out of a hat. I always lean towards Chris Richards because I think he is the most well rounded center back, both a little bit on the athleticism side of things and on the technical side of things. Good in the air. 
I think he's the most well-rounded of that bunch, but each one of those players brings something different and something very useful to the table. Then looking at the fullback, Serginho Dest is the likely starter on the right, and Jenna Robinson is back in this camp after missing October. I'll be surprised if he doesn't start on the left with Christopher Lund as the assumed backup left back and Joe Scally as the assumed backup right back. It's a decent squad. It's probably pretty darn close to a first choice group of players along the back line and Matt Turner and goal. All good so far there if you're Greg Berhalter. Now, looking towards the midfield. Again, no Tyler Adams in this group. There are two or three, depending on how you look at it. Number six is here. Johnny Cardoso, Johnny Soccer, if we're going to make that a thing. Leonard Maloney as well, who got his debut last month. And then Yunus Musa has played some six for Milan, has played some six for the U.S. He could be in that job. We could see the U.S. go with a double pivot and more of a 3-2-5. Lots of different permutations for Beralder to sort through. Musa's in this midfield group, as is Weston McKinney, Luca De La Torre, and then some more advanced players, Malik Tillman, Gio Reyna, and Paxton Aronson, who's in with the senior team. I would expect, given the lack of wingers, and we'll talk about the forward group right now, Brendan Aronson, Alex Zendejas, and Kevin Paredes are the only wide attackers listed as forwards in the U.S. roster press release with Valoran Balogun and Ricardo Pepe as the two number nines in the squad. I would guess with Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah both out for this pair of games, I would expect to see Giorena move a little bit wider, or at least to move wider defensively if the U.S. choose to defend in a 4-3-3, and to have Giorena and three central midfielders on the field together rather than Gio Reyna as one of the three central midfielders, which is something that we've started to see more recently from the United States. Without Pulisic and Weah to really cause problems in the half spaces, a lot of that burden is going to fall on Gio Reyna to pull those strings. And he's a good person to have that burden fall to, by the way. He and Valor and Balogun seem to have a really good connection. Balogun has talked about that publicly, about how he likes playing with Gio Reyna. Having Reyna in the half spaces with maybe McKenny, Musa, and De La Torre, or McKenny, Musa, and Cardoso, deeper down in midfield, covering ground, McKenny adding a bit of creativity himself from deeper areas, making those box arriving runs that Beralter talks about all the time. I think having those players along with Gio Reyna to have four players who are very comfortable in those central areas, with one Gio Reyna then taking on the primary creative responsibilities. Then you pick through one of Zendejas or Paredes or Brendan Aronson, maybe even Paxton Aronson could pop up in the half spaces. Malik Tillman as well could be an option as one of the central midfielders. He could be in the half spaces. These guys have played in a bunch of different roles and they all do sort of blur together. It's clear that other players are going to have to step up, right? When the ball's not on Giorena's foot, when it's not on Balogun's foot or McKenney's foot, can Musa really prove to be a difference maker as he moves forward into the final third if he's not playing as a number six? Can Johnny Cardoso do some of the work that Tyler Adams typically does with the United States, and how can he interpret that position differently? Can Brendan Aronson be goal dangerous? I talked to Greg Berhalter about that. I asked him a question about that in the press conference earlier today. He's not been very effective, and I think Berhalter sees that when he watches the tape with Aronson struggling a little bit at Union Berlin and never really having been a goal dangerous attacker. The U.S. is going to have to find some of those, and the fact that Trinidad and Tobago isn't a very good team should help them along that road. But it's not something to be taken lightly. A big carrot for the U.S. at the end of this window if they're able to come out on top, as they should, which would be qualification to the Copa America. All right, folks, that is it for this episode of The Backyield Show. It's been a big week for us over at Backyield.com, breaking the Emma Hayes to the United States Women's National Team news, a new MLS column coming up over there, coverage of the USL's new TV deal, a look ahead to the NWSL final, and a bunch of other stuff over there. Go check it out and subscribe. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon. Oh, 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 oh,